This coverage is live and uncensored. So if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, folks? It's Rich, My Take Radio, episode 131, for Thursday, March 15th, 2012. The intro music you just heard was Brodus Clay's entrance theme, which you can probably pick up on iTunes. Uh, I think it's Somebody's Mama, Call Somebody's Mama, whatever. Look for it on iTunes. You guys know the deal. 347-324-3541 is the call-in number. 347-324-3541. 3541 is the call in number. Our feedback line is 347-815-0687. 347-815-0MTR. Alright, we got a lot to discuss this week. I'm actually in a fairly pleasant mood. I've had a fairly pleasant week, so hopefully it will carry over into this week's show. We'll see how many things that we discuss this on this episode will irritate me and ruin my good mood, but we'll see how it pans out. First off, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. There's a lot of stuff I want to discuss with you guys. First off, if you've been to MyTakeRadio.com this week, you'll notice that we now have advertisers on our site, such as Busted Tees, uh, the UFC store, and, of course, WWE Shop Zone is also advertising on MyTakeRadio. Those are going to be the first of many advertisements you're going to see around the site, obviously, because bills got to get paid and money has to be made. So please don't hide all the ads if you get a chance click on them if you do shop that through any of those vendors do it through us helps us out same thing with our amazon affiliate shop all the reliability and great service from amazon but it helps mtr in the process make sure to head over to our amazon affiliate store you'll be able to pick up all the latest movies video games gadgets and gear that we talk about on air plus some of the stuff we review on amazon and like i said you'll be able to help us out as well If you want an MTR t-shirt, head over to Spreadshirt. You can check out the tab on our site. It'll give you some of the designs. Pretty uh, basic logo shirts and hoodies that you can pick up. Hoodies probably not the best idea right now since we're getting into warmer weather. But who knows if you want to grab an MTR hoodie, etc., etc. You can pick up the shirts at Spreadshirt on the mytakeradio.com tab slick just told me that there was no intro music playing for some reason so i don't know what the fuck happened things are acting a little bit weird if you did not hear any intro music um i apologize uh just trying to test out some stuff i don't know why it didn't work but uh i guess it decided not to for some reason anyway we are gonna address that in post-production until then we're just gonna keep it moving thanks to slick for bringing that to my attention i was under the impression that since it worked last week it would work again this week clearly i was fucking wrong anyway as i was saying we got ourselves a couple of 
advertisers on the site, and we also will have a presence at PAX East. Uh, Unveil, which are our partners, are going to be there handing out some stuff, and they're also going to have a booth at PAX East, so look for Steven and the crew from Unveil NYC to pick up some swag, including some MTR flyers and a couple of other things that we're going to make up for PAX East. Unfortunately, I will not be able to attend the event personally. Got some shit going on here in New York, but Unveil will be repping MTR at PAX East, so be on the lookout for that. Um, Probably, I believe it is the week of April 6th, so... PAX East, MTR, will have some presence over there. Also, we got some new additions to the MTR family. Quark and John Blade joined the MTR family covering video games and a couple of other things. They uh, have been on the show before. If you heard some of the taped episodes that we did, they did the wrestling show with me. So you'll be getting some video game stuff, maybe some wrestling as well to tie things up. We'll see how it goes going forward. We also may have another new staff member in the works. We'll see how that pans out in the coming weeks. Your Get Glue check-ins, please continue to do them. Even though Get Glue chooses to not want to give us stickers, every check-in helps get us out there and helps us get noticed, so please continue to do that. Those of you that are rating the show and the app on iTunes, please continue to do so if you haven't already. Just take takes a second, go there, let us know what you think. And same thing with the feedback line. You can always call that, and it'll get played on air if you want. If you don't, at least I can get some feedback from you guys in real time. Our Facebook fan page, we are at about 2,380 fans. Well, 2,390 almost, I believe. And the goal is hopefully before the month end, before the month ends, I'd like to hit 3,000 fans. That's a that's a 700 fan increase. I think we can do it. Please continue to spread the word about MTR. We put a lot of work into what we do between show prep, the site, and we enjoy what we do, and we enjoy providing you guys with quality entertainment. All we ask is for some feedback, um, some advertisements, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know the deal. I'm not going to beat you guys up tonight. I'm in a pretty good mood. As you heard earlier, you can get episodes of MTR on Stitcher Smart Radio. If you did not hear that, that's another way to hear the show by streaming it directly to your mobile device, whether it's iOS, Android, BlackBerry, WebOS devices. You can take the Stitcher app and access 96K episodes of um, MTR. Holy shit. I kind of... Got some blurry vision. I think I've been staring at the screen for too long. Let me sit back a little bit and not black out and leave you guys with some dead air. Anyway, I think that should cover all the housekeeping. We got a ton of articles up from Slick, Andrea, Quark, myself, and more stuff is going to be coming this weekend. I reviewed Street Fighter Cross Tekken. I I really wasn't going to do it for a couple of reasons, but I decided to do it anyway. Uh, Slick, of course... He's putting up all his great content. His um, his review for Journey has been doing really, really well, so props to Slick for that. And also to Quark for his Twisted Metal review. Solid traffic from those guys as well. And Andrea is sharing some TV posts with you guys, stuff about New Girl, Community, and a couple of other programs that you're going to see over the next few days. Check it out. Feel free to comment. If you don't want to do it on the site, you can comment on the Facebook fan page. Those comments actually... They repost onto the site so you can actually engage people 
on the site via Facebook as well, just in case you didn't know that. All right, tonight's topics. The Ultimate Fighter, WWE Raw. We got some what-the-fuck wrestling news. We got some MPD numbers, and we got some what-the-fuck entertainment news. So, with that said, let's get right into the MMA news because a lot of stuff has gone down, including the first episode of The Ultimate Fighter Live. let's get things started with the ultimate fighter live which i expected it to be i don't know i guess i was expecting too much since it was live but um what can i say a lot of a lot of great lightweights were going in for this particular season the coaches were going to be dominic cruz and uriah faber and they had their assistant coaches with them dominic cruz had phil davis ross pearson lloyd irvin uh, Uriah Faber had Master Tong, Fabio Prado, Justin Buckholz, Lance Palmer as his assistant coaches. And pretty much the way it broke down is that like previous seasons, which I'm glad to see you had to fight your way into the house first, had a lot of really, really great fights in there. So many, as, as a matter of fact, that I'm just going to go through a couple of them that I really enjoyed. The opening fight with uh, Jordan Rinaldi and Joe Proctor was... I blinked, and it was pretty much over. Uh, Proctor actually started the fight a little bit aggressive, but Rinaldi looked to close the distance at that point. And little back-and-forth action, at which point Rinaldi threw a kick that Proctor caught. But when Rinaldi tried to pull away, Proctor stayed on him and managed to lock in a standing guillotine to secure the submission victory. So Joe Proctor is your first fighter in the house. Cristiano Marcelo... Jared Carlston, another great submission victory via rear naked choke. Cristiano Marcelo is going into the house. Um, Aaron Beach, Sam Cecilia, one punch overhand right knockout highlight reel style. Ridiculous. Uh, pretty much Sam Cecilia got the into the house via knockout. Austin Lyons took on Chris Tickle. Tickle, one knockout once again. It was ridiculous. Four fights, four finishes. It was a great start to this season. Um, Brandon Weifer and Andy Ogle actually was the first fight of the night to go unanimous decision, but it's all good. Cody Fister took on uh, Vink Pichel, which was another great back-and-forth rear naked choke submission by Vink Pichel. He's going in the house. I'm just trying to run through some of them because there were so many fights. James Vick taking on Dakota Cochran. Of course, a lot of people were watching this fight closely, given the fact that um, Dakota Cochran had a uh, previous career in in the adult film industry, and people were talking some shit. I just wanted to see how well he fought. Turns out, he fought very well, but James Vick was the better man, goes into the house via split decision. Uh, Michael Chesea and, wow, this guy's Jonathan Vistante, wow, that's a that's a name I have never seen before. Again, we get an easy uh, rear naked choke. A lot of great submissions going into this season. A lot of great BJJ guys in there, and some great knockout artists thus far being showcased. Mike Rio, Ali McLean. Mike Rio goes into the house via submission, rear naked choke. A lot of those were ge- were being dispensed. 
James Krause, Justin Lawrence was exactly what you would expect. It was a lot of back and forth, a lot of great striking. All of a sudden, Justin Lawrence, huge, huge knee to the face and then a left hook to finish it up. And that was it. Justin Lawrence goes into the house with a TKO. Um, we got some more unanimous decisions. Ali Akinta from New York, from Ray Longo's gym, took on John Tuck. He went into the house via unanimous decision. Um, Akbar Thariola took on Miles Jury, also another unanimous decision. Jeremy Larson, Jeff Smith, unanimous. Uh, Drew Dober, Darren Kriukshank. Wow, I'm going to bludgeon a lot of these guys' names. Another unanimous decision. So pretty much a great first a uh, great outing for the first season of The Ultimate Fighter. I felt that the pacing was really good, and you had a lot of great, exciting fights that ended quickly. It moved the show along. It paced well. There wasn't a lot of side banter and bullshit. It was just fights, fights, fights. Great entry for a live Ultimate Fighter. And a lot of people have been telling me that they were really pumped with the way it went and the new formula. Hopefully it continues down that road, but then again... The first episode is always going to be one of the best, and it's the episodes that follow that are going to set the tone. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night live. You can catch The Ultimate Fighter on FX, so do yourselves a favor, check that out. If you haven't, FX is uh, usually on basic cable, so you'll be able to check that out there. All right, let's get into some MMA news because there's quite a few to discuss. Uh, first off, UFC on Fuel TV 2 is coming together. Already six fights have been announced on the Fuel TV card. You got Demacio Page, Brad Pickett, Demarcus Johnson is taking on John McGuire, Diego Nunez is taking on uh, Dennis Seaver, uh, CR the Killer is finally debuting, taking on Paulo Tiago, Alessio Sakara is taking on Brian Stan, and Alexander Gustafson is taking on Tiago Silva. It's been rumored that the preliminary fights are going to be happening on Facebook. As of right now, they haven't officially confirmed that. Until then, you got those six fights to tide you over. UFC on Fuel TV 2 will be happening April 14th at the Ericsson Globe Arena in Stockholm. Moving on, we also got ourselves a UFC on Fuel TV 3 already set up. That's going to be happening May 15th at the Patriot Center in Fairfax. The main event is going to be Dustin Poirier taking on the Korean Zombie. You also got Donald Cerrone taking on Jeremy Stevens. Mike Easton is going to meet up with Eve Jabuan. Fabio Maldonado is taking on Igor Prokryats. Tom Lawler's on that card as well, as is Cody McKenzie. Jeff Curran is fighting on that card. Kamal Shalaru. So another great free TV card from the UFC, and that's going down May 15th. John Jones and Rashad Evans... A lot of back-and-forth talk leading up to their fight. Some people are speculating that one of these guys is going to get injured before it goes down. But until then, we can hold out hope. But, of course, the UFC hype machine is in full effect with UFC primetime. The first episode is going to be airing April 6th at 11 p.m. on FX. Then you're going to get two other episodes airing on April 13th and April 20th. So you'll be able to check that out there. Um... I think I fucked up since I DVR'd The Ultimate Fighter. I always mess up if it's Fuel or FX, so please check your local cable provider because my notes are a little shoddy this evening, and for some reason, with all the energy I had, it seems that it's all gone in the fucking shitter. But 
let's plow through the rest of this MMA news. Uh, Fabricio Verdum will be meeting Mike Russo at UFC 147, which is rumored to take place June 16th in Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's going to be a great fight. We're going to see if Verdum is going to get one step closer to title contention. It's going to be a great fight to watch. Speaking of heavyweights, May 26th, the demolition man, Alistair Overeem, is going to be meeting Junior Dos Santos at UFC 146. There's going to be a lot of heavyweights fighting on that card, so it's going to be a very exciting card to watch. And, of course, they're going to be doing a UFC primetime for that. First episode for that's going to air Friday, May 11th at 11 p.m. Now, here's some news that frustrated me as soon as I read it, and I had to share my frustration with you guys. Check this out. Governor Matt Mead recently signed House Bill 87, which, for those of you that don't keep, that don't follow MMA, basically... House Bill 87 calls for the creation of an MMA board to oversee and regulate the sport in Wyoming. Wyoming now becomes the 46th state to regulate MMA, joining West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Alabama as states who recently decided to embrace the sport of mixed martial arts. Now, taking that into consideration, you have 46 out of 50 states that regulate mixed martial arts. New York City, New York State, the home of Madison Square Garden, we are one of the assholes that does not regulate mixed martial arts. But yet, a state like Wyoming, no offense to you guys, but I have no idea what the fuck you do in Wyoming. Is it cornfields? Is it fucking cows? If, if you're from Wyoming, please email, message me, let me know what the fuck you guys do over there, because I have no clue, and it boggles my mind that you guys get mixed martial arts before New York City, or Connecticut, or Vermont. Not only that, but Alaska doesn't have it either, but who the fuck cares about Alaska at this point? I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure Eskimos would want to see some octagon fights because it's cold as shit up there, but other than that, nobody really gives a shit. In some other MMA news, former UFC fighter Anthony Rumble Johnson has a new home, now with Titan Fighting Championships. He will be debuting for that organization May 25th for Titan Fighting 22. As of right now, they've announced no opponent, but it's been confirmed that he will be competing at middleweight. If you remember the last time he fought at middleweight, he came in dangerously heavy. Well, not dangerously heavy, but he was significantly overweight, and allegedly it was because he had issues with his cut. He couldn't cut any more weight. Who knows the story, but he came in at 197 pounds for a 185-pound middleweight bout against Vitor Belfort. So we'll see if he can... Uh, get his dieting and his weight in order and compete actively at 185. We'll see what the deal is with that. Dave Meltzer has reported that Zufa LLC is going after consumers as well as distributors of pirated pay-per-view events. Figured I'd share this with you guys because this is really huge. According to what's been going on, they're starting legal action against a website called Green feeds.com g-r-e-e-n-f-e-e-d-z.com now you're probably asking why the fuck is rich talking about greenfeeds.com well here's the scoop zufa is going after greenfeeds.com for streaming illegal ufc pay-per-view events pirated of course this has been going on from ufc 30 to ufc 142 
Again, you're probably asking yourself, what the fuck does this have to do with me? Well, if you use green feeds at all to watch these events, you are going to be, be getting a legal notice from Zufa. As it turns out, Zufa has obtained email addresses, usernames, and also IP addresses of everyone who watched the event through that website. They will now be going after individual consumers for copyright violations. So if you took it upon yourself to watch any UFC events on greenfeeds.com, Dana White is probably going to show up at your door and stick a copyright violation notice up your ass. So there you have it, folks. Zufa is not fucking around. If you are not buying pay-per-views from the UFC, please make sure that you're either watching them with some friends or watching them at a bar. If you do illegally stream them, you run the risk of them coming after you. Simple as that. So you guys know the deal. Protect yourselves accordingly. Earlier on this week on UFC Tonight, Dana White broke news that Rampage was going to be meeting Shogun for his final fight in his contract, which, of course, we all know Rampage has been very vocal about leaving the UFC, so he will be meeting Shogun for his final fight, at which point he will leave the organization. Where Rampage goes is anyone's guess. Some people are saying Bellator. Others are saying Japan. Some people are saying he's going to go to acting. We'll see what the deal is, but Rampage isn't happy, and the fans have been... I don't want to say they've turned against him, but they're just they're they're just tired of hearing the bullshit. So we'll see what the deal is with that. It's amusing, though, because he does become a free agent right before Bellator moves to Spike TV, so take that for what it's worth. As I mentioned earlier, the UFC 146 pay-per-view is going to focus on heavyweights. Here's some of the other fights you're going to be seeing on that card. Besides Junior Dos Santos meeting Alistair Overeem for the heavyweight belt, Frank Mir is facing off against Cain Velasquez, Roy Nelson is meeting Antonio Bigfoot Silva, Shane Del Rosario is taking on Gabriel Gonzaga. Mark Hunt will be meeting Stefan Struve. On the prelims, Dan Hardy, Dwayne Van Ludwig, C.B. Dalloway versus Jason Miller, uh, Paul Sass, Jacob Volkman, Edson Barbosa, and, Ed- and Evan Dunham. Also, Diego Brandao and Darren Elkins will also be on that card. It's going to be an exciting heavyweight-heavy pay-per-view, which is going to be fantastic for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a throwback to the old Pride days where they had the heavyweight Grand Prix. Number two, a lot of these guys are one or two fights away from title contention. Obviously, Mir and Velasquez, more than likely the winner of that, will meet the winner of JDS and Overeem. We got Roy Nelson, who's keeping himself active, and he's lost a couple of fights already, so you got to watch that fight closely. And Mark Hunt has been on a bit of a tear, too. We'll see if he can topple the skyscraper as well. Real, real crazy shit going on. Also added to that card, Mike Brown will be facing Daniel Pineda in a featherweight bout for UFC 146. All right, guys, that wraps up the MMA news for this week. I'm going to take a quick commercial break, get myself a drink of water, get focused so we can get into the wrestling news right after this you know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in like really high voices like (laughs) well you won't listen to that on our show because uh we don't have the budget for that kind of thing we're broke as hell and uh nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard so um if you're looking for a show like that that has horrible audio quality and uh, 
void of fake laughter. Video Game News Radio, 11 p.m. Tuesday nights on All Games. All right. Wrestling actually was very interesting this week for a couple of reasons. It seems that the WWE has taken it upon themselves to not give a fuck about being PG anymore for some reason. Why? I don't know. But this week's episode of Raw definitely threw the PG mantra out the fucking window. We got a taste of the Attitude Era with uh, the rock concert and John Cena's rap opening things up. It was a very eventful night for a couple of reasons. Uh, of course, John Cena opened up with his rap, and for some people, they, they felt that John Cena definitely was the winner this week. I don't know if that's what I would call it. I think that it was just a return to form. The crowd was really into it, and um, if this shit works, I really would like to place the, play the audio for you guys because he, he really did come out and ether the rock it was cool to see the throwback jerseys the chain all that shit i enjoyed it it was a nice trip down memory lane but check this promo out for yourselves so you think you're untouchable word life this is basic thugonomics this is basic thugonomics word life We are going old school Todd on Monday Night Raw with the Doctor of Thugonomics in the house. Rock wanted me to write his song tonight, but I would never be his mouthpiece. Because Rock's like LeBron James. He took his talent straight down to South Beach. And for the past few weeks, Rock's been legitimately pissed. If you get stuck singing your song tonight, Rock, it's all in the wrist. Could we please have a week where you don't come out here and choke? You may be G.I. Joe this summer. Right now, you're a G.I. joke. Ever since I opened my mouth about you, you've been begging me to back off. So if Rock and Dwayne are the same person, I think y'all both are jack-offs. And after April 1st, you won't be making no more movies. You're going to need surgery on your face just like you had it on your boobies. Those popping pecs, they had more work than a locker room full of divas. I got a gift for Rock tonight. I'm going to give him a Cleveland steamer. 
Team Brigitte, he's Team Lost It, and the truth is getting scary. Because they weren't chanting Rocky last week, they were chanting Tooth Fairy. Keep making fun of this fruity pebble rock, because I ain't even close to sick of it. I'm Mr. Kung Pao Chicken, you just Miami Fried Chicken. And no, no, I don't have balls, but I got something in their place. I'm gonna beat your ass at WrestleMania and put my nuts dead in your face. All right. Well, based on that, you can obviously see John Cena was not fucking around. He actually brought some props out, threw some nuts at the screen when he said he was going to put his nuts on The Rock's face. Real powerful promo to open things up. I was shocked that they actually opened with that, but it was a great way to set the tone for the remainder of the evening. Like I said, I'm a fan of the old school freestyle in John Cena. I think that that shit works. It really gave his character some different dimension. It's not this fucking Mickey Mouse, Hulk Hogan bullshit. It was it was a throwback, which I appreciated. And the crowd did too for some reason. And obviously, I doubt we'll see more of that unless he does it all the way to WrestleMania, clowning The Rock with freestyles. But we'll see how that pans out. Our first match of the evening, Dolph Ziggler took on Sheamus. Pretty much... Another squash match for Sheamus. He killed poor Dolph Ziggler dead. I mean, it doesn't hurt Dolph Ziggler in the long run, but if you're trying to build this guy as a main eventer or even a solid mid-carder, you really don't want to do shit like that. I was not impressed. We had a mixed tag match. Santino and Oksana taking on David Otunga, who for some reason, uh, John Laurinaitis decided that he w- his partner would be Mark Henry. You know how that goes. Oksana Santino took on David Otunga, Mark Henry. Pretty much murder, death, kill for Santino. Kofi Kingston ran in for a save. R-Truth ran in for a save. John Laurinaitis took the opportunity to introduce Mark Henry as the newest member of Team Laurinaitis for the match at WrestleMania. So there you have it, folks. David Otunga is the captain for John Laurinaitis' team. Santino is the captain for Teddy Long's team. Make of that what you will. Jinder Mahal took on the Funkasaurus Brodus Clay. I said on our Facebook fan page that it was the Great Tiger versus King Hippo. If any of you thought that this was going to be any type of mat classic or at least a two-minute match, you haven't been watching wrestling long enough. It was another squash match for Brodus. Once again, great entrance, great crowd. People are really taking to the Brodus character, but if you don't give him a decent feud... The shit's going to get stale. We get a promo from Shawn Michaels. It seems that since The Undertaker cut off all his hair, he gave it to Shawn Michaels. Because for some reason, Shawn Michaels' hairline was actually back where it should have been in 1998. I guess it was a night of throwbacks indeed. Shawn Michaels with his throwback hair. John Cena with the rapping. We had a rock concert. Typical blah, blah, blah promo. Shawn Michaels shitting on The Undertaker. Undertaker shitting on Shawn. 
etc., etc., wash, rinse, and repeat. We know where this is going. The Miz took on CM Punk. CM Punk secured the victory via the Anaconda Vice. Chris Jericho cut an awesome promo on CM Punk, talking about CM Punk's father, who was an alcoholic, and why Punk is straight edge, and pretty much teasing Punk that after he loses the belt, he will embrace alcohol and break character and no longer be straight edge. It was a powerful promo from Punk. I mean, from Jericho on Punk. Not only that, but it just went in that territory of realness that CM Punk likes to go go into when he has his feuds and with his character. So it's going to be really great to see. As much as people are excited for The Rock and Cena and, you know, The Undertaker and Triple H, I think that Punk and Jericho are going to steal the show and it's going to be a match that's going to probably be the most talked about just because of technical skill alone. But who knows? People are, are fickle, but that's the match I'm really looking forward to seeing. Randy Orton took on Howdy Doody, a.k.a. Jack Swagger. I don't know who the fuck told him that combing his hair like Bob's big boy was the way to go. He looked like a complete fucking tool. If you thought Jack Swagger was getting a win in this match, you're out of your fucking mind. Of course, we get some Kane Pyro. Randy Orton fucking looking for him, blah, 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 you know the deal. Then we get the Rock Concert. Now, the Rock Concert, in theory, was good. In execution towards the end was complete dog shit for a couple of reasons. The Rock is good at doing his little funny witticisms when it's for a short duration of time. Honestly, I felt that the segment went too long and it kind of showed the rock's ass, so to speak, only because the way it went down was just, it just felt very contrived, very forced, but a lot of people seem to have liked it. I actually got some audio. I'm not going to play all of it because the shit's 11 minutes, but I do want to share some of it with you because he did have, once again, a couple of really solid verbal jabs at John Cena. Check this out for yourself. The Rock Concert. Finally, The Rock has come back to Cleveland. Now, I want, I want you to keep it going. Keep it going because The Rock is proud to, proud to come out before we start The Rock Concert and tell you that tonight... You have broken a record. Tonight is the largest sellout crowd in the history of the WWE right here in Cleveland tonight. Thank you. And, you know, speaking of sellouts, anybody see my boy Marky Mark? I mean, uh, uh, John Cena, who came out here tonight. I mean, he came out here and, and, he, and he had a he had a chain and and a, and a lock and his hat was. What does that even mean? I mean, that was funny. That was funny because that guy who came out that wasn't John Cena. No, no, the John Cena we all know is the guy that for the last eight years has been running around here looking like what would happen if Vanilla Ice banged a Teletubby. I guess he wanted some of that teletang. I don't know. <laughs> but I got a picture for it here. Let's bring this up.
Hey, you see, here, let me explain this. You see, you see, you see, the thing on the left got freaky with the thing in the middle, and then out popped John Cena. But you know, Cleveland, listen, this ain't about some, some two-minute rap. No, 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 no. What this is tonight, it's about something special. Tonight ain't about some two-minute rap because everybody knows that Cleveland rocks. It's gonna be good. Warden threw a party and he spent some bucks. Didn't invite Cena cause he totally sucks. Cena started rapping, it all went south. Know your road, jabroni, and shut your mouth. Let's rock. Everybody, let's rock. Cena's got a menstrual clock. This segment sucks, cock. Let's move on because I can't. See, this is what happened. The first part of this segment was really good. It was funny, the promo was funny, and then he comes and he's trying to be cute with his fucking mannerisms and his bullshit, and I really hope that this video captures him bludgeoning We Will Rock You, which he choked a thousand ways from Sunday with. How do you fuck that up? It could have gone so well, but... Clearly, WWE wanted to save themselves and protect their investment because in this 11-minute and 13-second video, that shit was not there. The Rock wanted to lead the crowd in singing We Will Rock You while making fun of John Cena in the process. For those of you that saw it live, you know that it was complete horseshit. Horseshit. The Rock should have just written all the lyrics on his wrist and made it look like he expanded his tattoo because it was god-awful. The opening part of the promo, fantastic. That segment sucked dicks. It really did. And if you want to compare who won that night, The Rock did. I mean, not The Rock, excuse me. John Cena did. The Rock won in terms of just certain things. He actually made reference to John Cena making out with Eve while Cena's being married. I don't know how legit that shit is, but it definitely seemed a little bit veiled. So I got to give credit to the for The Rock going inside on some shit. How legit it is, who knows? But it definitely raised a few fucking eyebrows in that segment. I was impressed with that and that alone. Cena definitely had the better promo of the evening. Let's get into the rest of the wrestling news for this week. Kurt Angle seems to have gotten the bug up his ass that he wants to try his hand at mixed martial arts again. He continues to go out there and talk this shit that he can fight MMA. He can't. So he tweeted a couple of days back that he would love to fight for Bellator. He feels that Bellator is an awesome company. Bellator is actually going to be debuting on Spike TV in the near future. So, of course, Kurt Angle's trying to set that up. 
If Bellator is smart, they will tell Kurt Angle to go fuck himself. MMA outcomes are not scripted, Kurt. Your neck is held together with Elmer's glue, bubble gum, and fucking masking tape. You go into a cage, you are getting killed. Stop your shit. I like Kurt Angle. He's an Olympian. He's a great athlete, one of the best wrestlers in the business. But stop your delusions. It's not fucking working. You will be a vegetable. Someone will end you. All it takes is a solid guillotine choke, and and it's over. It's over. That surgically repaired neck, you're going to go out of there looking like fucking Plastic Man if you keep fucking around. Stay in TNA. Try and build that fucking company, which has fallen to complete shit when Eric Young and ODB are engaged. Stay there. Build that shit, because it needs all the fucking help it can get. Stop trying to get into MMA. You will get murdered. Cut the shit. If you've been on WWE.com recently, which got a fresh coat of paint, you'll see that the pay-per-view schedule is a little different. Seems that WWE is bringing back No Way Out. It's listed as the pay-per-view before SummerSlam. For those of you not familiar with the No Way Out pay-per-view, it hasn't been seen in WWE programming since 2009. So God knows what the fuck Vince has up his ass with No Way Out. Why don't you bring back fucking War Games? Let's get two cages and Raw versus SmackDown. Let's do some shit like that. Or Super Brawl. At least since you own all that WCW shit, give us something different. Hell in the Cell we've seen. Cage matches we've seen. Elimination Chamber we've seen. Give us, give us fucking... Bash at the Beach would be awesome. Do that shit. Starcade. Thank you, Slick, for that. Starcade would be badass. But no. Let's bring back No Way Out. Unless you plan on bringing back the NWO, which is what it was used for before, but who knows at this point. Stone Cold Steve Austin recently uh, shared some comments about what's been going on with The Rock and how people feel that, um, especially wrestlers in the w- in the WWE, ugh, excuse me, in the WWE locker room are bitching about The Rock being involved in WrestleMania. Stone Cold shared his thoughts on it. I just want to read uh, a little bit about that. He said, uh, where the hell is it? With regards to talent having problems with The Rock, he went on to say the following. My thoughts on that, are, on that are you earn what you get in this business. Rock has earned the ability to come and go as he wants. Because the business still needs him, it can still use him. And it can elevate the profile with having such a mainstream guy there. I don't know about the promos between John and The Rock, but I think some of them have gotten a bit personal. You wonder how much of it's a work and how much of it's a shoot. At the end of the day, it's a worked business. Again, I think it's a good thing for Rock to be involved with this. He's earned his right to come and go and do whatever he wants. Stone Cold Steve Austin is 100% right. At the end of the day, The Rock brings people into the theater. Simple as that. Whether it's in the movies he's in, or whether it's showing up at Raw and he brings people to the arenas, people tune in to see The Rock. Simple as that. Don't get me wrong, his promos are stale as shit nowadays, but just the name alone brings people to arenas, especially with him being involved with John Cena. Simple as that. It makes people interested. The guy's mainstream. WrestleMania has a celebrity guest this year. 
well, they have a celebrity guest every year. It just happens that this year's celebrity guest happens to be one of their wrestlers. Simple as that. Just look at it that way. But it seems that the roster has a lot to bitch about. But let's be honest. Wrestling isn't just about the audience and entertaining the audience, but wrestling is about coming out there and setting yourself apart from everybody else. If you come out there with the same long hair and shitty tights as, I don't know, Kurt Hawkins, Drew McIntyre, and the rest of these long-haired motherfuckers that they churn out, how are you any different? How are you any different? How are you setting yourself apart from everybody else? Simple as that. If you're the vanilla white guy that comes out with long hair, no one cares. See Heath Slater. It's not like a guy like Justin Gabriel. The guy comes out, has a cool finishing move. He, he has a different look to him. He's from a di- he's from South Africa. He has a cool little accent that works. Sets him apart from a guy like the fucking Ginger Kid. From Ronald McDonald. From Wendy's 2.0. It, 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 it's ridiculous that some of these guys sit back there and bitch that they're not given the opportunities. But the opportunities that they've had, they don't go out there and do anything with them. Look at Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder was not used on television. He did the YouTube thing. He made himself relevant. He put in the extra work. He put in the extra time. That's why Zack Ryder's on TV and a guy like like fucking, who the hell, not Kurt Hawkins, the other guy. Trent Beretta. Like, Trent Beretta's not on fucking television. Who gives a shit about that guy? It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that these guys are back there complaining. The Rock is bringing people to WrestleMania, which is increasing the payday for everybody involved. Nobody wants to see Kurt Hawkins or Trent Beretta or Wendy's or who the fuck is that other guy? Or Chaco Cena, Darren Young. Nobody gives a fuck about those guys because they're not different. They're not unique. They're the same vanilla jobbers that come out every fucking week. And that's not taking anything away from them on a personal level because they're probably nice guys. They're probably good athletes, but they're no different than the guys that would come out. And they're the modern day Brooklyn brawlers of this shit. Thank you, John. Tyler Rex. Tyler Rex is another one. Guy is juiced to the gills, comes out with his predator fucking dreadlocks, does nothing to set himself apart from everybody else. Nothing. No promos, jack shit. He just figures, hey, look, I got these shitty-looking dreadlocks, and I'm jacked. That'll work. Nobody gives a fuck about you. I'd rather, I'd rather watch Barry Horowitz have a fucking triple threat match with Gilbert and the Brooklyn Brawler than sit through a Tyler Rex, Trent Beretta, Kurt Hawkins garbage match. All these fucking guys bitching, step your game up if you want to get noticed. Daniel Bryan did it, CM Punk did it, The Miz did it, those guys have done it. You guys aren't where you're at because you guys aren't doing something to make yourselves unique. Simple as that. And I'm only citing those guys, I'm not saying that they're the guys that complain, but they're the guys that you never really see unless you tune into NXT or whatever other garbage filler superstar shit they throw out there. Stop your fucking bitching. You want to be seen, make yourself seen. Simple as that. We got some arrested wrestler news this week. Jim Neidhart got arrested again. Seems that he was arrested for contempt of court. If you remember a couple of months back, Neidhart was arrested for actually having prescription medication that he stole from his neighbor. In addition to that, 
he was also charged with possession of a controlled substance. Basically, the way it went down, he was at a gas station talking to himself, trying to open a pill bottle. Cops checked him out. He had 28 methadone tablets and 95 OxyContin pills. That's it. So, Neidhart was supposed to go before the judge. I guess he said something he shouldn't have said. Got charged with contempt. Back in jail he goes. (sighs) Poor Anvil, poor Anvil. Now, this is partly uh, movie news, but I had to put it in wrestling news because the the what-the-fuck scenario of this boggles my mind. It seems that our good friends at Lionsgate and WWE Studios have decided to reboot Leprechaun. If you remember the original Leprechaun movies, they starred Warwick Davis, who of course was an evil Leprechaun that went after people that stole his that stole his gold. That was actually one of the first films that Jennifer Aniston was in. Of course, it spawned five sequels and a comic book series. So, makes you wonder, Lionsgate, WWE Studios, Leprechaun, Gee, Hornswoggle needs something to do. I bet you Hornswoggle's going to be the fucking leprechaun. I guarantee it. He's going to come out with his little fucking toddler Nikes and his little leprechaun hat, and he's going to run around with a little shiv, stabbing people. I cannot look at a leprechaun movie and see fucking Hornswoggle's cherub face, because the guy has a baby face, and think that he's anything more than fucking Lucky Charms with a job. And if you're offended that I'm insulting midgets, fuck you. It's satire. Get over it. But let's be real. WWE, Lionsgate, they employ a guy who's allegedly a leprechaun. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? What do you think? Hornswoggle's going to be the new leprechaun. You know it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, it's it's just an injustice. Because Hornswoggle's probably pining, chomping at the bit. Because what else is he doing? Crawling under the ring and coming out for lame squash matches? Oh yeah, that's right. He, he occasionally grabs a titty from one of the Bella Twins. Because, you know, that. what the fuck else are they good for? Seriously, what is Hornswoggle doing? Is, is it sad to say that I'd rather watch Hornswoggle wrestle a mop than watch a Heath Slater match? Is that wrong of me to say? I'd rather watch Hornswoggle get tossed over a, uh, over a picket fence by William Regal in, in, in a fucking suit and tails than watch Heath Slater wrestle. Seriously. Hornswoggle needs a job. Give him the fucking leprechaun gig. Please, please help the little fucker out. It's all he needs. Last but not least, not only is the WrestleMania hype machine in full effect, but USA is getting in on the action as well. They're going to be doing a Rock versus Cena special titled Rock Cena Once in a Lifetime, which we all know is complete horseshit. And that will be debuting Monday, March 26th before Raw. They're also replaying the one hour special on March 31st at 9 a.m. So there you have it, folks. Rock Cena are getting their own UFC primetime style special. And it's going to be happening right after Raw on the 26th and the 31st at 9 a.m. All right, guys, I am going to take another commercial break. When I get back, we're going to talk some video games right after these messages. I wonder what's on tonight, even. Tonight at 10 on your local news. I said to Jesus, Jesus, can you say this is the deal of the century, people? I'm telling you. So Jason, uh, what, what I mean, what, 
What are we doing tonight tumbling with Tumbleweed Tuesday nights at 10 p.m.? blogtalkradio.com, Eastern Standard Time. Do you even know? Jason? Jason, are you there? All right, let's talk video games. First up, UFC, EA Sports MMA aren't going to be the only ones that are going to compete for your MMA dollars. It seems that Bellator is going to be throwing their hat in the proverbial video game octagon, releasing their own video game this summer on Xbox Live Arcade and the PlayStation Network. Spike TV and 345 Games announced via press release that they will be releasing Bellator MMA Onslaught this summer, and you'll be able to pick that up, like I said, on Xbox Live or the PlayStation Network. I'm going to be very, very interested to see what exactly they're going to do with Xbox Live and PSN for an MMA game. I mean, in some ways, it's going to open up the ability to price the game cheaper since it's not on a, on a physical disc. And maybe it'll increase because of roster changes, but I don't know about it going online only. We'll see how it pans out, though. It's going to be some crazy shit. Bellator's sixth season, of course, is already on MTV2. And you'll be able to watch some of the prelims on Spike.com during those events as well. I see that uh, John was asking if I spoke about Oklahoma banning pro wrestling. No, I did not because I did not have the full story. So I figured I would answer his question. But let's get into some MPD numbers. And speaking of John, I'm sure he will be happy to know that Mass Effect 3 has shipped 3.5 million units worldwide. 890,000 of them were bought in North America alone. Of course, John and Quark, our newest writers, are big fans of Mass Effect, and they contributed to that 890,000 in North America. EA head John Ricciatello said that the 40% of the customers at GameStop who got the the game on day one also got the DLC, which is the highest ratio that GameStop has ever seen. Frankly, EA's running around and they're talking all this shit. Oh my god, we sold all these fucking copies of Mass Effect. It's only Mass Effect. EA, you have not done shit else. So fuck you. What, because you're bringing back NBA Live? Roster Update 2012? What are you going to do? Put Why don't you put the Kardashians in NBA Live? Here's an idea. You play your entire career as Chris Humphreys. And you got to make sure that the Kardashians don't ruin your career. How do, why don't you put that in the fucking game? Because you know NBA Live is just going to be roster update live. Don't kid yourselves. Are you going to put fucking Lin Sanity in there? Are you going to put Jeremy Lin in there? Because if you don't even put him in there, what's the sense of fucking buying the game? And don't put Yellow Guy 17 either. Because I know how EA works. Don't put Player and 17. That, that, that's how these fuckers work. Pay the fucking money and make sure to get the licenses to put the names on the players. I want to see Jeremy Lin on the fucking floor with Lin on the back of his jersey and 17. Don't pull this player bullshit because EA's good for that. In some other news, the MPD numbers from January to February, there were a couple of things that changed, but not too many. Let's go through the numbers first. Call of Duty Modern Warfare was number one again. Um, Also added to that list was Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, which debuted on that list. And also Twisted Metal 
managed to crack the top 10 list as well. Let's go through the entire list. Call of Duty was your number one game. Number two, Final Fantasy 13. Number three, UFC Undisputed. Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, Reckoning excuse me, was number four. Just Dance 3 was number 5, NBA 2K12. You hear that, EA? NBA 2K12 was in the top 10. Soul Calibur was number 7. Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim was 8. Twisted Metal was 9, and Battlefield 3 was 10. Now, other games that came out in February were Asura's Wrath and Syndicate. Asura's Wrath sold 36,000 copies. Syndicate sold 34,000 copies. Now, with regards to hardware, there was a pretty big increase of 87% from January. There was 25% of that was from Vita sales. However, the combined hardware and software were down from, 100, from $133 billion in 2011 to $106 billion in 2012. Microsoft, of course, has no problem sharing their numbers. They sold 426,000 Xbox 360s, making it the top console for the 14th month in a row. Nintendo sold 228,000 Wiis, 262,000 3DS units, and 135,000 DS units. Now, here's the funny thing. People are still buying the Wii. The shit's like a dollar. Who the fuck doesn't have a Wii at this point? Or, or if they did, how many of them have their Wii collecting dust? I think I'm going to just put that on the fan page. How many of you own the Nintendo Wii, and how many of you have bought one recently? Because there are 228,000 Nintendo Wiis floating around, and I, I, I just don't get it. It's crazy that they sold 262,000 3DS units. The, the separation between Wiis and 3DS units was was marginal. Was you know, roughly, you know, 30,000, 34,000. No, maybe maybe 32 or so. But even still, who is buying the Wii? The Wii is a fucking paperweight, thanks John. It's ridiculous. And and the DS, why would you continue to buy the DS when the 3DS is priced so well? 135,000 DS units were sold. And on the Vita side of things, the Uncharted Golden Abyss was in the top 20 list for MPD. They didn't give the rest of the numbers, so I can only give you the top 10 and let you know that Uncharted was in the top 20. In some other re-releases, Metal Gear Solid HD will be coming to the Vita, which is going to only have, get this, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Peace Walker will not be part of the collection. The Vita version, of course, will have new touchscreen controls, as well as the transferability, which you will be able to use with the PS3 and Vita trophy data. In some other Sony news, Phil Harrison, former executive of Sony, has joined Microsoft. Phil Harrison is now going to be the vice president of Interactive Entertainment, and he's going to focus on European business. This is actually a very good grab for Microsoft. It will give them some insight into the Sony machine. So we'll be watching this very closely. We'll see how Sony succeeds in the European market with Phil Harrison being involved. In some news that is probably going to sadden our, our buddy Quark, it seems that Sonic Team has announced that Episode 2 of Sonic 4 will be the final episode. Uh, Takashi uh, Lizuka stated, and he, he told Digital Spy, that the team is not planning any more episodes. 
But he went on to add that he would like to get feedback for the episodes regardless. So there you have it, folks. Shit is really sad, but I guess Sonic the Hedgehog has lost its luster. I continue to stand by what I said before, put Sonic and Mario together in one game, and I guarantee you people will go apeshit for it. The Walking Dead will be making its debut on consoles in May. As of right now, it seems that the uh, the game is going through certifications, and you'll be able to pick it up on the PSN and Xbox Live Arcade in late April or May. So there you have it, folks. The Walking Dead making its way to consoles. In some news that I'm sure is going to upset Slick, Jet Set Radio is getting the re-release this summer. It seems that only 16 of the 30 tracks will be included in the game. This is because Sega experienced some relicensing issues, according to what they told Joystick. Both cost and availability of some of the music publishers were an issue. Tracks that are coming back include all tracks composed by Hideki Naganuma and also Magical Girl by Guitar Vader and Funky Radio by BB Writes. So there you have it, folks. All of you that were creaming in your pants for Jet Set Radio... You're not going to get the original that you've all known and loved. You're going to get a slightly altered version with only 16 of the 30 tracks. There you have it. Last but not least, to wrap up the gaming news, Sega has announced that House of the Dead 4 will be coming to the PSN on April 17th. It's going to be a straight port of the arcade game featuring HD graphics, and it's going to run you $9.99. So there you have it, folks. That's the gaming news for this week. We're going to get right into the entertainment news because there's actually quite a bit of stuff that I got to share with you guys. So let's not waste any time and get right to it. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. He's black. Go on. Does he look like a bitch? What? Only on my take radio can you correlate Samuel L. Jackson and the fucking Muppets for the entertainment segment for this week. As you may have noticed, I'm not just calling it the movie segment because we do tend to talk about TV, so... From this day forward, it will just be the MTR Entertainment segment. Simple as that. Let's open up with the first bit of What the Fuck Movie News, which is a movie picked up by Platinum Studios called Undercover Clown, which may become either a feature film or a television series. Now pay attention, you're probably asking yourself, what the fuck is Undercover Clown? Is it about undercover clown cops? Why yes, yes the fuck it is. The show focuses on a straight-laced detective who investigates a suspect who delights in murdering clowns. The detective who never had use for a sense of humor must enroll in clown college in order to infiltrate the world of clowns and discover clues that help him solve the case. In the process of becoming a clown himself, the detective learns that looking at the funny side of life has its advantages. I kid you not, It is a movie about fucking clown cops. Clown cops, I tell you. Oh my god! Ah! 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 Oh, that's better. 
Yeah, pretty much. Clown cops. Are you fucking kidding me? And here's the worst part. They don't know if it's going to be a movie or a television series. What are you going to do? Are you going to play Beverly Hills cop music and he's going to pull a rabbit out of his pants? Is he going to shoot people with a gun that says bang and then pull out a real gun and shoot the perp? Seriously. What do you Is he going to patrol the red light district with a red nose? How about that? Hey baby, you want you want a hand job? Honk. Squeeze my nose, bitch. Uh, seriously. What are you doing? What are you doing in Hollywood? Clown cops. Ah. It's 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 I I can't I words can't even describe the awfulness of that entire scenario. Words can't describe it. Anyway, let's get into some box office numbers. Many of you thought that John Carter, one of the most visually appealing and expensive Disney films made, was going to come out and wreck shop. Sorry to disappoint you, it seems that John Carter could not defeat the orange fuzzball known as the Lorax. The Lorax was number one, $39.1 million. John Carter was number two. Placing third was Project X. Silent House was four. Act of Valor was five. A Thousand Words was 6. Safe House was 7. You can check the review for Safe House on MyTakeRadio.com. The Vow was 8. This Means War is 9. And Journey to the Mysterious Island was 10. Now, I wanted to take this opportunity before I give you the movie news for this particular segment to let you know that we are going to be working with Marvel and AMC Theaters to do giveaways for exclusive Avengers 3D glasses shortly before the movie comes out. These are going to be collectible glasses for The Incredible Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America. So be on the lookout for that. We will probably be doing a giveaway on Twitter or on Facebook. These glasses you'll be able to obviously wear at home or wear to your screening of The Avengers. You're probably asking yourself, why are you giving away this tchotchke 3D bullshit? Number one, because the shit's free. Number two, because I never give you fuckers anything. And if you don't want them, fuck you. Anyway, AMC Theaters has announced that they will be holding an all-day Ultimate Marvel Marathon on May 3rd. Starting at 11.30 in the morning, you'll be able to watch Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk... Iron Man 2, Thor, and Captain America in their order of release. This will, of course, lead up to the midnight release of The Avengers. Tickets for the event will be $40, with limited engagement tickets for the Ultimate Marvel Marathon available already at some of these theaters. If you're in Boston, Mass., the Boston Common 19 is where you're going to want to go. If you're in Burbank, California, Burbank 16 is where you're going to want to go. If you're in Anaheim, California, the Downtown Disney 12 is your hookup. In Aventura, Florida, the Aventura 24 is where you're going to go for that. Here in New York City in the Big Apple, you're going to want to hit up the Empire 25. If you're in Jersey, head over to the Garden State 16. If you're in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, Downtown Disney 24 is where you're going to want to go. 
the Metreon 16 in San Francisco, the Alderwood 16 in Linwood, and Tyson's Corner in McLean, Virginia. So there you have it, folks. If you want to see all the Marvel films leading up to the Avengers, you'll be able to catch that now, pretty much. The tickets are going on sale at these theaters for these uh, films, and of course for the midnight release, 40 bucks goes a long way. There you have it, folks. The full-on Avengers movie marathon, May 3rd. Be on the lookout on MyTakeRadio.com, MyTakeRadio on Twitter, or the Facebook fan page for details about the 3D glasses giveaway. Here we got the next bit of What the Fuck Movie News, and I see that John is stating in the chat room that he is taller than I am. And that's great, I'm glad he shares that with everybody, but it takes... Two of me, it takes two of John to equal one of me. So, there you go. Sizes and everything, folks. Moving on. Let's talk about another What the Fuck Movie News segment. The Garbage Pail Kids will be returning to the theaters. I kid you not. One of the worst movies I've ever seen as an adult, but yet one of my favorite movies as a child. The Garbage Pail Kids, if you don't know, was a play on the Cabbage Patch Kids, known for their terrible names like Screwy Louie and, you know, Rabid Ricky and whatever the fuck kind of Rob Slob. Anyway, nonetheless, Garbage Pail Kids back in theaters. Deadline reports that short film creator PES will direct a new feature length version with Michael Vukadinovich writing the screenplay. Like I said, Cabbage Patch Kids parody, the original film came out in 1987. If you haven't seen that masterpiece, Netflix is your friend. I recommend you check it out. It is as awful as it sounds. Simple as that. It is as awful as it sounds, but if you want to trip down memory lane or you're an 80s baby like me, you'll appreciate some of it. Let's get into some Avengers news. I got a couple of things to share with you guys. Joss Whedon said that his initial cut of the Avengers was three hours long. According to an interview he did with Collider, he said that the initial cut was hefty, but the final cut will run about two hours and 15 minutes. He stated, I had always intended to go over two, but under two and a half. There was no way a movie with this many great actors and this much epic scope was going to clock in under two and not feel anemic. Somebody wasn't going to get their moment if that happened. But at the same time, I get very angry that romantic comedies run over two hours long. It's like, guys, that's not okay. More isn't more. I don't want anything in this movie that shouldn't be. When asked what was cut, he said that a lot of me, there was, there's a lot of me that got cut out. It's part of the shooting process. He goes, you got to start looking beyond the Avengers movie at your own stuff. You, you go, you know what? The Avengers are more important than I am. So these things that I'm obsessed with aren't necessarily moving the story forward. And therefore, they are baggage. He did note that you will not be getting a three-hour director's cut. The Avengers, of course, is in theaters May 4th. There was also a rumor circulating that Spider-Man would be making a cameo in the Avengers. Joss Whedon put the kibosh on that saying that that was a rumor that was misquoted. So no, there will not be a Spider-Man cameo in the Avengers. Simple as that. Following the Avengers, you will be prepared for Iron Man 3, which may very well follow the extremist storyline from the comics. 
If you don't know what the extremist storyline is, originally it was a codename for a serum that used nanotechnology to boost a soldier's fighting skills. Basically, what happened was Tony Stark got his ass whooped by a, someone that had used the extremist injections, and he decided to use it on himself. In, in doing that, he got a new level of, of control over the Iron Man armor as well as other abilities. As of right now, originally they had wanted to use the extremist storyline for the origin in the original film, but they may be going forward with it in Iron Man 3. So there you have it, folks. Shortly after the Avengers, Robert Downey Jr. will don the suit of iron once again for a third Iron Man. Now here's a bit of what the fuck entertainment news that went under the radar that I had no idea about. Seth MacFarlane is remaking the Flintstones cartoon. He's gone on to say that it will be similar in tone to The Simpsons in the mid-90s. With regards to it, he said, The show will be more or less the same, but with cultural references updated. We're kind of shooting it for the edge in, uh, in mid-90s Simpsons. You're not going to see abortion jokes. He went on to say, We're trying to essentially stay true to what that show was. There's something, there's something cool to me about it. In 2013, turning on your TV and seeing the Flintstones and having it look like the Flintstones. We kind of want to keep it more or less the same. The stories that we will use will be a little bit more current, though. As of right now, they are working on writing the pilot. So there you have it, folks. The Flintstones will be returning, courtesy of Seth MacFarlane. In some other reboot news, Paramount Pictures has announced that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will be returning to the big screen just in time for Christmas 2013. The film is being produced by Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes, but does not yet have a director. There's rumors that Jonathan Livesman, who did Wrath of the Titans, is a possibility. In some other sequel news, Robert Rodriguez was very active at the South by Southwest Expo, confirming both Sims, uh, Sim City, Sin City 2 and Machete Kills will begin filming in 2012. Machete Kills will begin fi filming in April, and Sin City 2 will begin production this summer. So there you have it. Robert Rodriguez back in the lab. And it wouldn't be complete without talking about one of my favorite shitty movies, The Human Centipede. If you've never seen The Human Centipede, once again, Netflix is your friend. The second Human Centipede film I watched, and it's they really go for the shock value, but it's, it's not the worst shit I've seen. Well, nonetheless, if you've seen The Human Centipede, you know that in the first one you had a three-person centipede. Sewn, of course, ass-to-mouth to create a single digestive tract. In the sequel... They went with a 12-person centipede, which ended up being a 10-person centipede because two of the victims died right away. Tom Six said that Human Centipede 3 will have a 500-person centipede. I don't know how the fuck they're going to pull that off, but it seems that uh, Dieter Laser and uh, Martin are, also, are both going to be returning for the film. How they're going to pull this off, I don't know. But there you have it, folks. Ass to mouth, human centipede, 500 people. That's Somebody's going to need a breath mint because everyone's mouth is going to smell like shit. Uh, it, it just, it, it's going to be a good night. Here, here's a, a movie that in theory sounds super awesome, but I guarantee you will be complete shit. 
The cast is going to be Anthony Michael Hall, Mickey Rourke, and Danny Trejo. They're going to be doing a film called Dead in Tombstone. Basically, the film follows outlaw Guerrero Hernandez, who obviously is being played by everyone's favorite wrinkly-faced Mexican, Danny Trejo, who, while attempting to free his half-brother, played by Anthony Michael Hall, from a small-town prison, is shot in the back and killed. But he makes a deal with the devil, played aptly by Mickey Rourke. Hernandez returns from the dead to take his revenge. Yeah. This will be the movie you watch on Cinemax on a Friday night when you can't get a booty call or when you're fucking bored. This is that film, folks. Tombstone. Danny Trejo, Mickey Rourke, Anthony Michael Hall. It's going to be awesome. No, no, it's not. Zach Estrin, the producer of The River, is working on a screenplay for Paranormal Activity 4. There you have it, which is scheduled to open in theaters October 19th, 2012. Last bit of movie news to close things out. Another sequel, that being Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Sea Monsters. Nathan Fillion has signed on to play Hermes, who was the father of Luke that was the antagonist in the first film. The entire cast, Jake Abel, Logan Lerman, Alexandra Daddario, and Brandon T. Jackson are all reprising their roles. For uh, Thor, Frudenthal's directing, well, he's going to be directing it with a release scheduled for 2013. So there you have it, folks. Nathan Fillion, Percy Jackson, and the Olympians, The Sea of Monsters, which I am sure the movies do not do the books justice, much like Aragon. They rush these shits out trying to capture the audience that reads those books. They do terrible fucking jobs with it. Right now, The Hunger Games comes out next week. I guarantee you that's going to make buku money. Then, of course, this week, we got the garbage that is 21 Jump Street and... Some other shit. I forgot what the hell else is coming out. But yeah, 21 Jump Street. That shit's going to suck. Don't try and tell me it's not, because it is. Alright. To wrap things up, I just wanted to acknowledge one of our fans and one of our listeners, Cass. She will be doing a Relay for Life to benefit the American Cancer Society. That's going to be happening July 27th, 2012. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you guys is because, of course, you know, anybody who's affected by cancer, it's, it's, shit sucks, whether it's directly or indirectly. Nonetheless, Cass will be participating in this event. Her goal, I believe, is to raise $100. I'm sure she will meet that goal, but nonetheless, if you can lend a hand, your minimum donation is 5 bucks, all the way up to $1,000. I will be posting the link in the show notes. Check it out, Relay for Life. It goes to the American Cancer Society. I will put the link for that, and you'll be able to verify it. It is legit. I already donated personally on behalf of my Take Radio. If you guys would like to do so, make sure to check out the link in the show notes. Cass is going to be doing it. She's one of our listeners and one of our fans, and it will be for Relay for Life, July 27th, 2012. In Casper, Wyoming. Oh, there you go. I'll ask her when she goes to Wyoming if she could find out what the fuck they do over there. So there you have it. You want to find out about Wyoming plus help stop cancer? Donate to this event. Simple as that. You just heard my take radio episode 131 for Thursday, March 15th, 
2012. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on a future episode of MTR, send me an email, mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. If you're interested in writing for My Take Radio, we don't have any fucking money to give you, so don't ask. mtrhost at mytakeradio.com for that. Social networks, we're on them. Follow us on Twitter at MyTakeRadio. Look for us on MySpace if that shit even works. Become a fan on Facebook. Ask us questions on Formspring, formspring.me forward slash MyTakeRadio. Google Plus, add us to your circle. Yes, we are on there. Last but not least, 96K stereo episodes of MTR, exclusive content, wallpapers, minority film reports, colorful language, four-letter words, all kinds of shit. Pick up the MTR app for Android and iOS. It's $1.99. It's cheaper than a cup of Starbucks. It's probably cheaper than a hand job from a midget, but you never know. Nonetheless, you can pick that up at the Amazon Marketplace or in iTunes. It's $1.99, folks. Helps us out as well. If you're a cheap bastard and you still want to listen to MTR, you can stream episodes on Stitcher. Make sure to enter my take in the my, in the promo code area, and you're eligible to win $100 from Stitcher. You can listen to the Blog Talk Radio feed, which is meh. 96K Stereo episodes are on iTunes, Zoom Marketplace, Blueberry, Miro, um, Soon to Be Boxy, and a couple of other networks as well. So there you have it, folks. My Take Radio 131 is in the can. I'm Rich, and I'm out of here. Peace. I'm rich, bitch. Outro music for this week, I figured... In honor of my favorite street fighter, Akuma, we are going to play the Mountain Breaker, courtesy of OCRemix.org. If you get a chance, head over to the Nitro Game Injection fan page, who are friends of OC Remix, and congratulate them on their anniversary. They had an anniversary show today that I couldn't attend, but congrats to the crew from Nitro Game Injection, and of course the crew from OC Remix for all their great work. Mountain Breaker is taking us out. You can get that at ocremix.org.